like the way you move the lectern down, small man's lectern. Is, like, is my wife back yet, or is she going to move the car? That's great, isn't it, eh? There we go. I'm not going to mention that to the rest of the family <laughs> too often. It's great to be with you uh, this morning. And for those who don't know me, my name's Dale Barlow, and I'm here with my wife, Jane, who will give her a big round of applause when she comes back in for moving the car. Uh, we've been married for nearly 30 years. I'm glad she's not in the room, so I'm, not, I'm never too sure of the exact um, uh, years. But we have three grown-up daughters. I'm never quite sure of their ages either, but I'm telling you all my secrets now. But one of them got married in November. That was great. And I got a mad Hungarian Vizsla dog called Asher. So if anyone's got a Vizsla, then any Vizsla owners in the no, okay, we can just compare notes. Uh, I serve New Ground, uh, which is, as Ian said, our family of churches led by Dave Holden, our kind of part of the wider New Frontiers family of churches. And just to be really clear, Paul and I uh, are not apostles. Dave Holden uh, is the New Ground apostle. I'm part of his apostolic core team. And really, Paul and I have been asked to be involved with you as a church uh, in terms of this eldership appointment and ongoing. So we kind of have a delegated authority from Dave on behalf of him and the core team to do what we're doing today. And I just got to say, we are thrilled to be with you and to be involved and laying hands on Andre and Jeeves to appoint them as elders here at Hope Church and to ask God to anoint them for the role that he's called them to. And for me, that really is the very essence of what we're doing this morning. We're appointing and we are anointing. We lay hands on Jesus and Andre, we do the appointing, but then we pray that Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, will come and anoint them for the role that he's called them to. And I suppose the role of an elder, if I can just touch on that briefly this morning, uh, what they do, what they're responsible for. Ian, there's been lots of, you know, pithy little sayings. What do elders do? Ian mentioned one earlier, guard, guide, govern. I, last time I heard Dave Holden talk on this, he talked about lines. Uh, L-I-N-E-S. I thought he said lions. <laughs> he said it's lions. I thought, why dead lions? But he, he talked about boundary lines. He said basically marking out, you know, and guarding the boundary lines for us as a church. Where is it safe to go? Where is it not safe to go? Keeping people away from the church that would do harm. Maybe keep us from wandering into foolish uh, things. Maybe chasing after the next flashy thing in the Christian world. Have you noticed how we're a bit prone to do that sometimes? <laughs> he talks about directional lines. Keeping the church on the right tracks, moving forward, going in the right direction going in the direction and the pace that God's called us to. And then he talked about territory lines. In other words, marking out the kind of sphere of influence for the church. You could serve this community in all manner of different ways, but there's too many needs out there to meet them all. And so what is it God's called you specifically to? Every local church, I believe, has got a call to plant churches. There's a call on this church to plant churches. But where? Which town? Lord, do we go north, south, east or west? Up, down, left or right? And, and something of those territory, God, what do you want us to be involved in? So you can kind of understand something of the role of elders under that boundary lines, directional lines, territory lines. But for me, when I think about elders, and I've been an elder for about 20 years, I probably not very good with rough time, so it's about 20 years. I always think about the health of the local church. Healthy, local churches. For me, appointing elders is about having healthy local churches. 
And healthy local churches, I believe, are those who are both looking after the people that God has given them and reaching out to new people. In farming terms, they care for the land they have while always seeking to reach out and cultivate new land. It's very much about the here and the now, the shepherding of God's precious people that he's brought together under this local church. But it's also about growth, expansion, reaching out to those who don't know him yet. So it's about mission as well as maintenance. It's about the plans that God has for Hope Church, which aren't yet fully revealed, but are going to come about under the power and the direction of his Holy Spirit. It says in Isaiah 54, too, a very famous verse, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. And if you're going to enlarge your tent, then you're going to have to stretch out the canvas and you need to... You need to lengthen those cords and there's going to be more pressure on them and so you need to strengthen your stakes. And I think appointing elders is like strengthening those stakes. Because elders are like the pillars of the local church and the truth is, the stronger they are, the more the church can both stand firm and can spread out. So for me, it's kind of all about the local church and the health of the local church. I want to read a few verses to you about the church, the body of Christ from 1 Corinthians 12. They would have come up had I have sent the slides over, but I didn't, so they won't. 1 Corinthians, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 through 27. Says this, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we were, give, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I love that passage. I just want to pick out four things for you this morning. Number one, the church is the body of Christ. Yes, it's a body, and it only works as every bit does their part. But the emphasis is on the fact that it's the body of Christ. Now you are the body of Christ. It's his body. What we worshipped about this morning was that he paid the price for it on the cross. We belong to him. We belong to Jesus. He is the head. 
Our unity, our community comes from one place. It comes from the fact that we are now in Christ, what he has done. That's what we all have in common as Christians. We belong to him and to no one else. That is what makes us part of his body. And so the church does not belong to the elders, doesn't belong to the Queen, the Pope, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Dave Holden, Dale Barlow, Ian Lettington, anyone else. The church of Jesus Christ belongs to Jesus Christ. And therefore the elders don't build the church to themselves, but rather they shepherd and lead and humbly point the people to Jesus. Because he is the great shepherd. He is the one who will always care and always love us. We are under shepherds. He loves perfectly. We love as well as we're able to in the grace that he gives us. But nowhere near is it perfect. We don't have all the answers. We don't even know half the questions half the time. But Jesus knows all the questions. He knows all the answers. Are Andre and Jeeves perfect? No. Will they never get anything wrong or never make mistakes? No. But my prayer is that they will always point you to Jesus. Remembering that it's his church and he's the one that they need and he's the one that people in his body need. Number two, the church is called to accept one another as we ourselves have been accepted. That verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. Which means we don't get to choose who is in the body of Christ. We all came the same way through Jesus. None of us deserve to be here. We are only here because of his great mercy and kindness. As C.H. Spurgeon said, if we are not in hell, everything is mercy. That's worth thinking about over dinner, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if we're not in hell, everything is mercy. And I know that's easy with people you like and get on with, and it can be a bit harder with people that you don't naturally get on with. But that is maybe true, but it's an absolute irrelevance. Because we don't get to choose who is in Jesus' church, because guess what? It's not our church. It's Jesus' church. The Jews and Gentiles of Jesus' day, they hated each other. And now they've got to eat together. Now they've got to share their whole lives together. Why? Because their new identity is not defined by them being Jew or Gentile. It's defined by them being sons and daughters of the living God. It's completely changed. That's why it says in Romans 15 verse 7, Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And did you notice how in verse 18 of that passage from Corinthians that I read earlier, it says how God has placed the parts of the body just as he wanted. It's no accident. God deliberately, in his incredible wisdom, took people who had nothing in common, who actually hated each other, and said, I'm going to put you together. That's just how I like it. The church, including this church, is made up of people, you may have noticed, with different backgrounds, different skills, passions, ages, likes, dislikes, gifts, ability, opinions, weaknesses, trouble. And God says, I'm going to put you together and I'm going to call you to love one another because Jesus' love trumps everything else. The unity we find at the cross of Jesus is bigger than anything else. Anything from our background, our outlook, our preference, our experience, anything that might cause us to be divided can find a place of unity at the cross. How you treat other people in this church is not to be a reflection of how they treat you. 
We were, that's horrible. Oh, it's hard, that one, isn't it? It's a bare reflection of how Jesus treats us, which is with kindness and love and compassion and forgiveness. So number one, the church belongs to Jesus. Number two, having been loved and accepted by Jesus to become, to become part of his church, we need to love and accept others who Jesus has loved and accepted. To second one. Third one, the church is all about his presence, I believe. If we're his, and it's his, then it must be about his presence and not my preference. I'll say that again because I don't like it. If it's his church and we're his, it must be about his presence and not my preference. He fills his body and what he longs to fill it with is himself. Verse 13, it says, we've been baptised by one spirit, capital S, given one spirit to drink. We have life because he gives us life. We're his body because he calls us his people. And when we gather as his body and we worship as his body, he promises to be with us and to fill us with his Holy Spirit. And therefore, I believe it's vital that elders know for themselves the presence of God and keep on desiring and calling the local church to cry out for the presence of God when we gather like this corporately and when we're on our own. On a Sunday morning when we worship together as a local church and on Monday morning when we step out into the mission field, which is called my life. As elders, you know, we can't manifest the presence of God. We can't force God to do anything. I've tried hard to force God to do things. I've lost everyone. We cannot manifest the presence of God, but we can eagerly desire. Yeah. We can earnestly exhort. We can ourselves keep on asking God, will you flood us with your presence? Jesus and Andre, they can't manifest the presence of God. But what they can do is keep encouraging, keep asking, keep desiring. Come on, God, it's all about your presence. Fourth one and last one. The church is to reflect Jesus to a world that doesn't know him yet. He once walked the earth with his physical body, but now he's got physical bodies all over the nations of the earth. And by that, I don't mean individual Christians who have decided to give up on church and just live them and Jesus. I just don't see that in the pages of my New Testament. What I see is local churches. That's his body. A group of people. We reflect and represent Jesus to our communities. You reflect, you represent Jesus to this community of Sevenoaks and surrounds. So this is vitally important. We are the arms, the mouths, the heart of Jesus. We are the ones who, who they are going to see and hear and be touched through. When the Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, on the church, his body, we now got to heal the sick, bind up the brokenhearted, preach the good news, set the captives free. People who don't know Jesus can know and experience and be introduced to him through us because we are his body. We are his arms and his legs and his feet. We are his mouthpiece. We are his ambassadors, as it says in scripture. And we may be aware of our own weakness and failures and imperfections as individuals in a church. And it may make us want to hide away. And yet Jesus says, no, no, you are my body. You're like a lamp. And guess what? I'm not going to put you under a, a, a towel. I'm going to put you up where everyone can see. Me, through you, and through your imperfections and weaknesses. 
And though we might be imperfect vessels, weak, hard-pressed, sometimes hard-pushed, sometimes scratching our heads, battling our own fears, yet God still wants his love and power to go out and touch a hurting world through us. That's a miracle right there. (laughs) So elders, I believe, are always to retain and remind and have that sense and be concerned about, no, no, the body of Christ, the local church, this local church represents, reflects, Jesus Christ to our community, many of whom don't know him yet. So this morning, it's all about Jeeves and Andre and eldership. But it's not really about them. It's all about you, the church. But it's not really about you either in the same way. Because the church is the body of Christ. So it's Jesus' church. So this morning is really all about Jesus. It's about him appointing and anointing two more elders in Jeeves and Andre into this local church called Hope Church Seminary. And as always, it's a massive privilege to be involved in any way, at any time, in anything that Jesus is doing. So this is a massive privilege. Thank you. And also, and then I'll finish. You know, we've all had a difficult time with COVID in different ways. And this church, over the recent past and seasons, has had difficult times but you know God has sustained you God has sustained you individually and corporately and he sustained you because of his loving kindness and this morning is a demonstration of his loving kindness to you in raising up Andre and Jeeves into eldership thanks so much I'm going to hand off thank you Dale So good to uh, so good to be with you. Um, my name is Paul. I have the privilege of leading the team down on the south coast in Hastings, um, Hastings and Bexhill, and it's so good just to be with you and share what is a really really um, important day. Um, as as Dale said, all, all the di- all the little notes I had written down at some point or other, I managed to take them all off as Dale was speaking, which is really really good. So uh, we can get down to sort of the business end of it. But but I think something that just struck me in the worship. These, these were the words that we sang out. It says this, they've seen this about Jesus. You have no rival, you have no equal, now and forever God you reign. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. And just to sort of emphasise what Dale already has is we are getting involved in, in Jesus' big plan, in, in his big purposes here today. And he is the chief shepherd, he is, he is the top top shepherd and what we're doing with um, Andre and Jeeves is we are appointing a couple of extra under shepherds um, to work with Adam and to work with Ian um, as they serve you guys um, and as you look to reach out to this local neighbourhood. So for, I don't know, is it 40,000 people in Seven Lakes? Yeah, 30. 30, about 30,000. Most of them don't know this is going on. But this is, has massive significance for them as well, because your health overflows into what's going on in Seven Oaks as well. So I wonder if I can invite up, and what we're going to do is we're going to pray for and appoint um, Andre and Jeeves into eldership. But then after that, what we're going to do is we're going to gather all the elders together. And we're going to pray a blessing on this new eldership team. So I think there's a, an individual thing we're doing, and then there is a corporate 
um, thing as well, which, which I'm really excited uh, to be here and to be involved in doing.